Hello, and welcome to Chad's ADHD 365 podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Takeda, better health, brighter future. Hello, and welcome to ADHD 365. I'm your host, Susan Booning. I'm Chad's Director of Communications and the Executive Editor of Attention Magazine. And I am here today with Adam Kutz, and we're going to talk about meditation. Meditation can be a helpful tool for individuals with ADHD of any age in managing their symptoms, including emotional dysregulation and stress. Meditation helps adults with ADHD to become more aware of their emotions, to calm their minds, to improve their focus and pause before acting. Yet adults with ADHD often do not know how to practice meditation while dealing with their ADHD symptoms. So Adam Kutz has become somewhat of an expert in helping adults with ADHD to learn to meditate He has meditated daily since 1989. For four years, he lived in Buddhist monasteries in America, India, Thailand, and Japan. He began teaching people how to find center, grow in vitality, and feel a greater depth to life through meditation in 2002. He has taught through weekly sitting groups, one-on-one coaching, eight-week classes, live and virtual classes in corporations, jails, and schools, as well as writing. Welcome to our program today, and I look forward to speaking with you. So Adam, is there anything you'd like to tell us about yourself that I didn't mention already? I can talk a little bit about my personal experience with ADHD and meditation, which is to say, I guess once I hit adulthood, I always thought there was something a little unusual about me in terms of my procrastinating or my ability to concentrate on things or my conversational style. But I didn't think ADHD was a real thing. I thought it was a junk diagnosis people gave when they needed insurance money but didn't know what else to diagnose a person with. But then I started educating myself a bit about ADHD and I soon realized it was a very real thing and I definitely had it. But I remember reading in books that people only get a diagnosis of ADHD if they had it in childhood, or that's one of the main signs that a person had ADHD. And I said, I didn't have it in childhood. But then my parents gave me all my old report cards from elementary school, and oh, did I have it. Literally every single one said, so bright, but doesn't live up to his potential. It occurred to me that so many of the things I was drawn to in adulthood, like always keeping a capture pad with me, pen and paper, long distance running to increase my positive neurotransmitters, learning reflective listening skills so I could really listen to people and not just have my own thoughts filling my head. And especially meditation were things that were natural cures for ADHD. And I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. People ask me why I started meditating. And my answer for a long time is, I don't know, just when I found it, it just seemed like this is for me. I've been looking for this. And looking back on it, what I was doing 34 years ago is learning something that's a great natural ameliorative or aid for people with ADHD. And I think that's why I dived into it so thoroughly as I did. Can you explain the difference between mindfulness and meditation? When I teach, I pretty much use those words interchangeably. 
But I think if I wanted to get technical, they do mean two different things. The way I define meditation, it's just a formal workout where a person uses their power of attention to make a positive change for themselves. Whereas mindfulness is being aware of what is in a rich and textured way and an equanimous way, letting things be as they are. So there's a lot of interface between those two, but again, they're not necessarily the same thing. There are forms of meditation that are not mindfulness. For example, I call them cultivations. You mentioned I was educated in meditation in traditional Buddhist monasteries. So some examples of cultivation there would be generating a sense of interconnectedness with all things or generating a sense of gratitude for one's ancestors or generating a warm-hearted feeling towards all beings. A modern form of cultivation would be lying in a relaxed way in a psychotherapist or life coach's office and generating a vision of the positive future that you want, the perfect relationship you want to be in or your company going for a eight-figure IPO valuation. So those are forms of using your attention where you're not listening to reality, you're speaking into reality a change you want to make. An example of that for an ADHD person is, let's say we're late to meet a friend and we're feeling horrible and we're in our car and we're trying to race there. Just saying over and over again, may I be patient and forgiving with myself. May I be friendly, patient and forgiving with myself. May I be friendly, patient and forgiving with our myself. We're not listening to reality, which would be mindfulness. We're trying to create a new reality of feeling more positive towards ourselves. So I call those cultivations. Mindfulness, on the other hand, is, again, it's noticing your breath exactly the way it is. It's noticing your body exactly the way it is in high definition. It's noticing the rising and falling of your thoughts. It's seeing exactly what you do, hearing in a rich and full way, bringing your full attention to that. In Christianity, sometimes they have prayer where you listen for God's will. That would be more like mindfulness or where you petition God. You say, may this happen, may my friend be healed. That'd be more like cultivating, trying to create something. So with either of those, you could do them in daily life while doing the dishes. You could be mindful. You could just notice the way your hands feel on the dishes. You could notice the sound of the dishes. That's being mindful without necessarily meditating. You're not doing a formal thing. You didn't sit down and say, for 10 minutes, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to have a meditation workout. You're just going about your life, but you are being mindful. Hopefully that made sense. Mindfulness is listening to reality the way it is. There's also cultivation meditations where you try and create something. Meditation is where you formally work at it. You say, for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. And you could do mindfulness or cultivation without necessarily setting aside time for it in a formal way. So then are there specific mindfulness practices or meditation practices that work better for people with ADHD or tend to work better? Or is a combination of both be best? Or is this something that individuals have to try to find for themselves? One way of understanding meditation practice, and I'll probably bring this up again since I think it's such a useful metaphor, is to understand meditation practice as similar to physically working out. There's so many similarities. But one similarity is if you went to a personal trainer and said, what's the best technique for me to do in terms of my physical workouts, the trainer would say, that depends on your goals. And there might be different techniques that are better for you at different times in your physical health journey. Similarly, I think there's a lot of different meditation techniques, both mindfulness and cultivation, and they serve different purposes. And 
One might be great for you right now. One might be better for different goals uh, at a different time. I will say that when I teach ADHD and meditation courses, the first thing I teach is mindfulness of the breath. That is the most common meditation technique across cultures, across time, worldwide right now. I would say among people that meditate, that's going to be the most common. And there's a reason for that. And I think it's great for meditation people because it, it's such a great technique for creating a stable, centered, grounded, simplified mind, which obviously is so important for the scattered, overly full ADHD mind. So again, when I teach my ADHD and meditation classes, that's the one I start with. The second technique that I teach that I think is super helpful is just feeling the body, noticing where a person feels sensation most strongly, bringing some friendly, detail-rich attention there, deeply feeling it. Then a few seconds later, releasing, letting the attention go where it wants to go, same spot, different spot, deeply feeling that and doing that for a period of time. I think that's incredibly helpful for ADHD because self-soothing, I find, is such an important part of ADHD health, especially around other people when I have a tendency to want to blurt something out that might be pokey or hurt people's feelings or when I want to monologue or interrupt. Just feeling my body, noticing where I feel tense, giving some friendly, rich attention there tends to calm me down. Another technique that I think is especially helpful for ADHD people is being aware of our mind. Just noticing thoughts rising and falling. I teach two different techniques there. One is verbal conversational thinking. The other is visual thinking, movies and pictures in our mind. And the reason why that's so great for ADHD people is many ADHD people say, I can't meditate. I can't turn off my mind. I can't calm my mind. I can't get a blank mind. If you can't stop it, work with it just notice it's rising and falling. And I think that creates a sense of freedom, a sense of ease with all a busy mind. So that, again, we don't have to create some sort of blankness that just seems like an impossible goal. We can just be aware of the mind as it is. And that creates more spaciousness. It creates less compulsion around thinking. So a final technique that I lead in my classes that I think is a great one, besides concentrating the mind on the breath, self-soothing through feeling the body and noticing the rising and falling of thoughts, is, as I said earlier, a cultivation meditation where we create friendliness for ourselves. May I be friendly, patient, and forgiving with myself. May I be friendly, patient, and forgiving with myself. Just saying that over and over again. I think there's so much shame and failure that goes along with having really strong ADHD in life. Even the most competent of us, I think, have faced social rejection and not achieving goals that we want. So I think creating that warm heartedness for oneself, that sense of self-forgiveness, being friendly with oneself is another technique that I think is super crucial for ADHD people. One final thought here is, I remember years ago when I first told a friend of mine with ADHD that I was creating a course for mindfulness and ADHD. And she said, what are you gonna do? Tell people to meditate? And I thought to myself, yeah, it could just be as simple as that. I think those are four very great techniques for ADHD people. But I'd also say, as long as you pick any sort of legitimate meditation technique, it's going to be useful. That's really the most important thing. Just put some time into it. Just get on the playing field. Try something that's more important than finding the perfect technique. And I love that word that you've used, cultivations. That's a wonderful word. Thank you. Do individuals with ADHD benefit more from guided or unguided meditation? I'm going to use your question as a jumping off point for a long exposition again here. Right. 
I think there's a lot of different ways a person who meditates and especially an ADHD person can dial up the heat or turn the heat down. If you're a runner, sometimes you would say, I really want to run on hills so that I can get stronger faster. Or you might say, I don't want to run on a hill because I don't feel up for it today. I just went for a run yesterday. I'm going to do a shorter run and just on flat. A runner could choose. I could pick hills or I could do a longer run. I could do a shorter run, not on hills. You can choose how much you want to challenge yourself based on what you're up for that day. One way to make meditation harder is to just guide yourself. Don't use a phone app. Don't use streaming from a website or anything. Just trust, hey, I know how to meditate. I'm just going to trust my own sense of presence, my own sense of vigilance that my mind hasn't wandered. If you have the voice of a phone app in your ear, though, that's going to help you to stay more centered. The voice pops into your ear every minute or two. Hey, come back to your breath. Hey, are you spacing out or are you actually tuned into what you're trying to tune into? Meditator probably makes progress faster by doing it on their own. But if you're not capable of doing that, it's like trying to lift a weight that's too heavy or run up a hill when your legs are tired. It's just not productive. So I think for a beginner, I would definitely recommend a guided meditation. Some of the other ways that a person can turn up the heat is sit absolutely still. That's really hard for an ADHD person, but you will make progress more rapidly. A way you can turn down the heat is meditate while walking back and forth in your room or outdoors. That's something a lot of other teachers that teach ADHD and meditation recommend. But I would say, if you want to go at hard right angles to your wandering mind, try and sit absolutely still. That turns up the heat. Meditating for longer turns up the heat. Meditating for a shorter period of time makes it more uh, beginner-friendly. Meditating with your eyes open, which some people do, that's going to be a little bit more challenging, but it's going to integrate the meditation into your daily life. It's going to mean more challenge. It's like lifting a heavier weight or running on a hill. Meditating with your eyes closed is what I recommend for beginners, probably appropriate for a lot of ADHD people, going to make things simpler. That's a way to, if you've never meditated before and you find it very challenging, turn down the heat, make it more manageable. Being with a group, there's the, the social support of it that makes it something where you're more easy to slide into the practice. Doing it just on your own and nobody knows you're meditating and you haven't made a commitment to anyone else and there's no people around you. You're building your power of discipline and your power of intentionality and the power of your commitment to the practice, but that might be too heavy of a weight to lift. Maybe meditating with a group makes it easier. There's a number of different ways that a person can make their meditation more challenging, like putting a few extra plates on your weightlifting, like, I want to get strong fast, so I'm really going to like make it difficult for myself. Or I've never lifted weights before. I don't want to pull any muscles. I'm going to start with a really light weight. I'm going to try and find a group. I'm going to meditate walking back and forth, maybe, if that's an option. I'm going to meditate for, for shorter. I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to do a guided meditation. Those are all ways for a beginner to ease into it when a, a high degree of challenge is not what they want. How can these practices improve ADHD symptoms or improve life where people experience ADHD symptoms? I talked earlier about breath meditation. Breath meditation is the concentration technique par excellence. As Russell Barkley says, I don't really like the name ADHD. Attention deficit and hyperactivity is what bugs adults about ADHD kids. It's not in my experience, the number one or the top experience on the inside of a person with ADHD who's an adult. 
On the other hand, we do have the classic wandering mind, hey, look, a squirrel. We sit down to try and work on a spreadsheet. And next thing we know, we're checking Wikipedia. We're thinking about lunch. We're, the mind is all over the place. So one way that meditation can help is you say, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to rest my attention on my breathing in the pit of my belly. All of a sudden, you notice you're thinking about lunch. You gently, patiently bring your attention back to the pit of the belly. I'm thinking about the spreadsheet I'm supposed to be working on. You bring your attention back to the pit of your belly. I'm thinking about that movie I watched last night, about my relationship, about whether I'm meditating right. All sorts of wandering thoughts. I feel an itch in my leg. You bring it back to the pit of the belly. That can be a very frustrating experience, like playing piano scales or lifting weights. It can be boring, but we know that lifting weights or playing piano scales, you're building a strength. There's a point for the simple repetitive action. So if you again and again bring your attention back to your breath, you do that twice a week. After a year, you will have developed more power focus. Your mind will be more settled. It will be more steady. That's one way meditation can help. Another way is, I heard a fellow meditation teacher once say, mindfulness and really being tuned in can make a $12 burrito taste like a gourmet meal, a $300 gourmet meal. And the way that happens is, Because we really pay attention to the subtlety of the flavor, we're really tuned in, we're noticing all the texture of how the burrito tastes. We're having a high-definition experience, high-pixelation experience of the eating. One of the biggest things that happens for ADHD people is finding things boring. I'm going to space out in this conversation because I'm just bored of what the person's saying. I'm going to stop doing my work because I'm just not finding it engaging. I'm going to go play a computer game, whatever it is. If we can develop that mind state that really tunes into the texture and I'm really listening to the nuance of what the person's saying, I'm looking at the changes of their facial expression, I'm noticing the rising and falling of their tone of voice, I'm really trying to imagine what it's like for them to be living in the world that they do such that they're saying there. I'm making a mindfulness experience of this conversation. The conversation all of a sudden becomes a lot less boring. My work becomes less boring. Everything that I do in life, when I bring that state of higher resolution, of more texture, of diving into noticing more of the subtlety of the thing I'm paying attention to, it becomes more engaging. My mind is more settled. Like, yeah, this actually gets my dopamine up. This gets my serotonin up. I want to pay attention to this thing. So that's another way that meditation can help an ADHD person to be more effective in life and to enjoy life more. Are there any meditation practices that have been tailored specifically for people with ADHD? If there are, I don't know about them. I think a lot of people actually that are drawn to meditation, unusually so in modern America, are ADHD people. So pretty much all the popular techniques are probably good ones for people with ADHD. So for all those people who say that meditation is too difficult or they find it difficult, How can someone with ADHD overcome the obstacles to the practices that result from their symptoms? I would say just get on the playing field and start doing it. You can meditate for one minute. I'm going to guess most people can hang for one minute. Even if it feels like they're burning, I can't sit still for just this minute. One minute, I'm going to guess is pretty manageable. And if you can't do that, try 30 seconds. And if you can do 30 seconds twice a week for a while, three times a week, Eventually, you'll get to the point where, hey, this is actually pretty doable. I can do 60 seconds. I can do two minutes. I think when I started meditating, I literally started with two minutes. And after three years, I was up to 40 minutes a day. But I built up slowly. 
if someone was like, I haven't worked out in 20 years, I'm super out of shape, but I'm going to do three Pilates classes back to back. I'm going to bicycle 50 miles. A good friend would be like, I don't think that's such a good idea. Why don't you just go for a walk to the store? Why don't you do 10 minutes of Pilates from a YouTube video? Start small, start bite-sized. As I said earlier, also, there's ways to ease into meditation and make it less challenging. Uh, Pacing back and forth means you don't have to face your body's agitation as directly. I would recommend seated for people that can do it, but walking meditation is a great way to go and that can make it easier for someone who's just finding it just unbelievably difficult just to sit still. As I said, closing eyes, using an app, meditating, trying to pick a technique that's more expansive. I'm just going to be aware of my body. That's a bigger field for your awareness to wander around in. Some people might find a concentration technique a lot more challenging. Trying to anchor my attention on just the breath and the pit of my belly. Man, that's so hard. That is a harder technique for ADHD people to concentrate. So maybe something that opens things up more like I'm going to just notice where my attention goes in general. That might be uh, a, a more easy technique for someone who feels like they're going to explode when they first start to meditate. And I know some people, whether they have ADHD or not, say that life is so hectic. How can I find time for this? Can you speak to that, finding time for meditation? Yeah. Yeah. I would say there's ways to work mindfulness and general uh, mental cultivation, including what I said earlier about the repeated phrase, may I be friendly, patient, and forgiving with myself. You can work that into your daily life while you're doing dishes or folding laundry or waiting for an appointment in the waiting room or riding on public transit. Those are all times where a person can work some intentional cultivation practice into their day. One small example is my mom used to be regularly take a class with me and we did sound meditation, bring our full attention to having a detail rich and full experience of sound. And when you do that technique, I find it pretty grounding, pretty settling, stabilizing technique. I love it. But what you do is you open your ears to all sounds, positive or negative. You just let them all play with your eardrums. You don't pick and choose. So she was on an airplane and there was a shrieking baby. Of course, one of the stereotypes of what's unpleasant about airplane travel. And her initial reaction was negative, as I think most people's reaction would be. But then she remembered that just a few days previous, she had done sound meditation. So she opened up her hearing and just tried to listen to all the sounds on the airplane evenly and just experience them deeply and fully. So there's the shrieking baby, the air fans, the conversation, the things she could hear through her neighbor's headphones, whatever it was. And she found that the shrieking baby bothered her less. It just became part of the symphony of sound all around her that all was rich and deep and interesting. So that's an example of a time that she took to meditate that wasn't first thing in the morning, cross-legged on a cushion, setting an alarm, the typical thought a person would have for meditation. What I would say though about that formal period, the the stereotype of, okay, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to really devote some time to it is we all know that working out can do a lot of good for us. All sorts of good can come from physical exercise, but we have to put some time into it. And people know that if I want the physical health benefits and the mental health benefits of working out, I have to make it a priority in my life. And I'd say the same thing with meditation. Modern research is finding that meditation has an almost unbelievable number of positive benefits. But the catch is that we actually have to put some time and effort into it. That's my thought about that. So then how often would you recommend that a person meditate? And 
how soon would they begin to see results if they practiced with that kind of frequency? My sort of funny answer is meditate as much as you can. And that's a funny answer, but it's also literally what I believe. I think meditation, obviously I've devoted so much of my life to it. I'm a believer in its positive benefits and I've seen them for myself. I would say though, just like I was talking about with physical exercise analogies, don't meditate, don't set a goal to meditate too much. Just like one would say to a person that hasn't worked out in a long time, don't try and do a Pilates class every day. Maybe start with 10 minutes on YouTube. Start with something that's realistic for you. So I would say as much as you can, realistic for what you're committed to in life and what your ability to meditate is. A person might feel better immediately. I've seen that with people that come and take classes with me. There's a more positive mood. There's a greater ability to concentrate. There's greater richness of perception in life, all sorts of positive benefits. I think sometimes though, meditation has things feel worse before they feel better. We are in a hill and we want to get to a mountain of mental health and we walk through a dark valley first. If you take a watch apart to clean the gears, it can't tell time for a while. If you put some dirty clothes in the laundry, the water gets dirty. So I think sometimes a person meditates and they actually might not feel so great immediately. And that's actually a good sign. That's actually a sign that meditation is doing what it's supposed to. Maybe there's difficult memories that we that are festering inside of us in our subconscious and that we've repressed. And so they bubble to the surface when we open up the mesh between our conscious and subconscious mind. Maybe it's not really a memory, it's just bad feelings. Maybe we've been running away from how our body feels. And when we try and bring some friendly awareness to it, finally, our body has a lot of feedback for us in terms of like, hey, I have aches and pains. So you might feel good immediately, you might feel bad immediately. But as with physical working out, the sign that you had a good meditation is that you did it. That's pretty much the only sign. And I would say if a person sticks with the practice, just like the stock market, it's up some days, it's down some days, sometimes it's down dramatically, sometimes it's up dramatically. But over the decades, there's a clear trend upwards by a lot. If a person meditates, they might feel happy on one day, not so happy on another day. Meditation might be challenging one day, might be really blissful the next day. But over the years, a person is guaranteed to see positive benefits. It just might not show up in the short term. Are there any ADHD symptoms that meditation cannot help? Yeah, all of them. In terms of, if you had an Olympic athlete who is incredibly good shape, just as good a shape as a human could be in, but then they spent the next 30 years smoking cigarettes, not getting enough sleep, eating nonstop donuts and Doritos, that person would probably be in better shape than someone that had never been an Olympic athlete. But for them to stay in good shape and get the benefits of physical fitness, they probably have to, to some extent, continue their exercise regimen and taking care of their health. I think in my experience, meditation can help with, I don't know about all ADHD symptoms, but in my experience, many, most, and dramatically. But it's something that we need to keep on with I've heard it said meditation is like diabetes. It can be managed, but it can't be cured. I think meditation is part of how ADHD can be managed along with physical exercise, getting enough sleep, eating healthy, deep connection with other people, medications. But all of those are things that help us manage ADHD day to day. I don't think necessarily that they cure symptoms in the long term. Yes. Is there a wrong way to meditate with ADHD? Yes. I'm going to 
say anyone that's listening to this podcast is probably meditating wrong and it doesn't matter. Just keep giving it your best. My main teacher likes to say, maybe there's some enlightened beings in this world that meditate in a perfect way. There's, I don't know, 50 people in this world that really meditate perfectly. The rest of us, we're doing it a little bit to make ourselves feel better about ourselves or we're trying to hide out from certain feelings doing it. Doesn't matter. The more you meditate, the more self-correcting, the more however you meditate that's quote wrong will start being right. I would also say though that there is benefit to reading books, to listen to guided meditations, to maybe working with a coach or a guide. Those can help you iron out the uh, errors of your way more rapidly and make your meditation, get it more and more on the path of being more pure, more efficient, more useful, more rapidly. What resources can you recommend for people who need assistance with learning or practicing meditation? And where can they find those resources? On my website, I have a page and the date on that page is from many years ago, but I keep it up to date. And my website's intromeditation.com where I have a blog with hundreds of posts on it. I have links to downloadable courses including my Mindfulness for ADHD course, links to some guided meditations that I have on the Insight Timer app. But in my blog, I have the page intromeditation.com slash WordPress with a capital W slash resources dash for dash beginner dash meditators. And that URL will be in the show notes. So feel free to look for it there. And I have links there to all sorts of resources for meditators. A lot of blog posts that I've written that are beginner-friendly and some resources from some of my teachers. I will say some of them are religious and Buddhist. But I think if you're a person of a different faith, that everything there should be compatible with your faith. In terms of some specific resources, I think the book Mindfulness for Plain English by Bhante Henapola Gunnarutana. He is an ordained Buddhist monk, but I think that book is compatible for secular people, for people of other faiths. That's the book I would recommend as a great beginner resource if a person wants to read a book. I think the Insight Timer app and website has guided meditations from thousands, possibly tens of thousands of teachers. So you can go and check out different teachers there and see if they're ones that feel resonant. Some of the other phone apps, they all have free content. Insight Timer is free, but a registration is needed. What else would I say? I have a teacher, Gil Fronsdal, F-R-O-N-S-D-A-L. And he has about 30 years worth of lectures available streaming and download on his website, Audio Dharma. He is an ordained Buddhist priest, so he does have that background. And a lot of the talks have to do with dealing with anger, dealing with parenting, dealing with day-to-day situations or aspects of uh, Buddhist teachings. But a lot of it is guided meditations and talks about how meditation works. And he's an excellent, very clear communicator. So those are all linked to from that blog post, Resources for Beginner Meditators. Yep, those are things that I think are helpful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to talk about or anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? One thing that I think is great in terms of how meditation can help is taking one step at a time. It's a classic ADHD situation. I have a project due in two months. I know I should be working on it now, but I'm not. And then the person jams on it the last three days, right? And what's the AD, what would an ADHD coach say? Break it into smaller parts. Break it the two months down into one-week sprints. And what's your challenge for this week? And then what's your uh, to-do list for today? Fine chunk it. And I think meditation helps a lot with that. 
I remember when I used to be in a five-person house and we would, every fifth week, it was our turn to clean the house and it was hours of cleaning. If I started thinking, oh, I have to do this whole two hours, three hours of cleaning, I would all of a sudden be on my computer, check my email or playing a game. But if I just took it one step at a time, I'm just scrubbing the toilet right now. I'm just vacuuming this room right now. Just life by the inch is a cinch. Life by the yard is hard. So that way of breaking big complex things down into just this day, just this next step is something I think meditation can help a lot with. Also, ADHD people, often we slip into hyper-focus. We intend to be working on something that the day before we said, I'm going to work on this project, but all of a sudden we're incredibly hyper-focused on reading the history of Louis XVI and the outside world disappears, right? I think when we meditate, one thing that we learn is constantly having a vigilance, checking in on ourselves. Am I actually paying attention to the breath or have I spaced out and started thinking? If you choose 15 minutes of doing breath meditation, you keep checking in with yourself. Am I actually doing what I intended to do and meditate on the breath or has my mind wandered? I think that habit of mind is also great for breaking us out of hyper-focus. It's saying, when I made my to-do list for today, I intended to work on that spreadsheet, write those three emails, and then watch that movie. Is that actually what I'm doing? No, I've actually started organizing my sock drawer or whatever it is that's a distraction. I think two additional ways that meditation can really help with ADHD is focusing on just what's in front of us to make life more manageable and also checking in with ourselves staying more conscious about what we're actually doing and is it in line with our deeper intentions or have we wandered away. Yep. So hopefully that's useful to people. Bottom line, as my friend said, what are you going to do? Tell them to meditate. I think meditation has so many great positive benefits for people with ADHD. I would recommend you just get on the playing field, start a little bit, check out some resources. Starting somewhere is the best way to go. Just doing some meditation as much as feels comfortable for you and as much as you can work in and with whatever resources and techniques you have available to you. And then just going from there. I think that's so much better than never doing any at all. Thank you so much. I love that. Starting somewhere is the best way to go. Thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. This podcast was sponsored by Takeda. Better health, brighter future. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chad's ADHD 365 podcast.